Log Talk Radio.
2017. While the world's richest person, Amazon.com, Jeff Bezos, saw a gain of $33.7 billion. Wow. Imagine. The billionaire boom is not a sign of a thriving economy, but a symptom of a failing economic system, said Winnie uh, Bayan, Bayanyama. Whoops. Bayanyama. Uh, ex- executive director of Oxfam International. The people who make our clothes, assemble our phones, and grow our food are being exploited. Oxfam published support as global leaders, chief executives, and bankers arrive in Davos, Switzerland for the World Economic Forum's annual meeting, noting that many of the world's elites say they're concerned about income inequality. The charity said most governments are shamefully failing to improve the matter. Oxfam called on governments to limit shareholders and executive returns while ensuring workers receive a living wage. It has also recommended eliminating the gender pay gap and rising, raising taxes on the wealthy, among other suggestions. People who are already for change, uh, uh, they want a limit on the power and the wealth which sits in the hands of so few. Oh, I agree. No, it's, it's ridiculous. Help. It's totally ridiculous that, the, that they, they, this is allowed. Now we get fucking billionaires, you know, running the government again. Our government, it's, it's just sick, man. Now this, this is something that really sad, 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 sad. In the land of freaking billionaires, okay, L.A.'s homelessness surged 75% in the last six years. Here's why the crisis has been decades in the making. It's really, really sad. Oh, it's horrible. Some of the poorest people in the city spend their days in shadows of Los Angeles City Hall, napping on flattened cardboard boxes. On any given day, as many as 20 people take to the City Hall lawn across the street from LAPD headquarters. They are there to escape the madness in downtown streets. A 53-year-old man named Lazarus uh, said last week, at night, they fan out to the doorways or uh, deserted plazas to wait for daybreak. The growth of a homeless day camp at the Halls of Civic Power speaks to the breadth of Los Angeles' burgeoning homelessness problem. The number of those living in the streets and shelters of the city of L.A. and most of the county surged 75% to roughly 55,000 from about 32,000 in the last six years, including Glendale, Pasadena, and Long Beach, which conduct their own homeless counts, the total is nearly 58,000. Oh, that's all. Mm-hmm. It says three out of four homeless people, 41,000, live in cars, campers, tents, and lean-tos, by far the biggest single group of unsheltered people in any U.S. city. If you took out Los Angeles national homeless, this would have dropped last year for the first time since the recession. People left behind by the economic recovery can't compete with young professionals who have bid rents up to record levels. In another era, they might have found refuge in crumbling hotels and tenements, but many of those buildings were lost in the city's post-recession spree of building, evictions, and renovations. The problem has only gotten worse since Mayor Eric Garcetti took office in 2013 
and a liberal Democrat supermajority emerged in 216 on the county board of supervisors. Ten cities stretched. See, I don't understand if there's, if there's such a majority of Democrats. Why is there so much homelessness? It's because they're they're, cause they're 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 bullshit. Mm-hmm. Ten cities um, stretch from the Antelope Valley Desert to Santa Monica coast, with home stopovers in unlikely communities, even Bel Air, where a homeless cooking fire was implicated in December's uh, Skirball fire. During an October hygiene survey, county public officials identified 222 encampments, including 50 with 30 or more people living in them. These ragtag outposts have altered the basic terms of urban life. People in Koreatown step outside their, fa- their fancy condos to find tents, rotting, few, rotting food, and human feces at their doorsteps. Buses and trains have become de facto shelters, and thousands of people sleep in fear and degradation. Officials in philanthropic, philanthropic groups have been housing more homeless people than ever before. 26,000 between 2014 and 2017. But L.A. has a severe housing shortage, and city and county homeless programs have been slow to start and too limited to absorb the wave of people forced into the streets. Officials are hoping reinforcements will breathe new life into the efforts to end homelessness. Over the last 16 months, voters have agreed to tax themselves $4.6 billion to build housing, 10,000 units in 10 years, and provide supportive services for homeless people. A long-delayed developer fee that's expected to pump out $100 million annually for affordable housing was finally adopted, although some observers wonder if it comes too late to capitalize on the building boom. Compared to other cities, L.A. is near the bottom in sheltering homeless. The country, the county money started flowing in October, and officials have quadrupled homeless outreach teams, adding 600 shelter beds, expanded winter shelter hours, and ramped up hotel vouchers. But still some 1,000 new employees have been hired on every level of homeless services, including support for people in the new housing projects. The reason I'm optimistic are the... Um, Unprecedented resources, said Garcetta, who has been criticized for moving too slowly. You've got to make sure you're not just pushing the problem from place to place. To project nearly $5 billion in revenue over the next decade shows substantial resolve and undeniable commitment, said Los Angeles County Supervisor Mark Ridley-Thomas. The people of this region and their leaders have relocated or have Leaders have relocated their moral compass, but the crisis has been decades in the making. If homelessness continues to escalate at the current rate, it will swamp even the best efforts. We are moving more homeless families and adults into housing, said Phil Ansel, director of the Los Angeles County Homeless Initiative. What we, ha- what we have less control over is the info. People simply un- are unable to pay the rent. Homelessness policy in L.A. has been marked by fits and starts, often centered on Skid Row and downtown, although Hollywood, Venice, and the San Fernando Valley have long been their own problems. The issue first emerged as a crisis in the 1980s 
when encampments began to appear under downtown freeway overpasses. The city opened urban campgrounds, and then Mayor Tom Bradley obtained FEMA trailers for homeless people. But city council members balked at putting the trailers in their districts, and abysmal living conditions caused the camps to be shut down. Skid Row Sanitation has had similar boomerang trajectory. In 1992, an activist put out portable toilets in Skid Row. Bradley had them hauled away. Bradley's successor, Mayor Richard Wordian, had two dozen portable toilets installed in Skid Row. Half were briefly lanked out in 1980, then returned after a protest. In 2006, after they were photographed being used for prostitution, the city had them all carted off for good. Some advocates trace LA's failed policies to the city's 1975 containment policy on Skid Row, long the haven of last resort for alcoholics and unemployable and disabled people. Faced with widespread displacement of poor people during the redevelopment of Bunker Hill's Victorian boarding houses, the city rejected slum clearance of Skid Row. Instead, officials concentrated very low-income housing and homeless services in the 50-block district. But it became a dumping ground for hospitals, prisons, and other cities to get rid of people with nowhere else to go. Homeless people in Skid Row were expected to enter shelters, graduate to transitional housing, and finally earn permanent housing through good behavior, including sobriety, but many people fell off that path and never returned. The containment policy is now considered a failure. It is a contained environment, said Daniel Flaming of the Economic Roundtable, who has studied homelessness. Exits from homelessness are scarce. When homelessness flared again with uh, the crack epidemic in the 1990s, the city and county sued each other over who was at fault. The county had slashed welfare payments while the city's land use policies had reduce the availability of low-income housing. The lawsuits were settled by forming the Los Angeles Homeless Service Authority, which uh, theoretically split a responsibility, even between the city and county, and critics said it allowed both to evade accountability. But in the late 1990s and 2000s, uh, the downtown Los Angeles began a spectacular turnaround from a dark, wasteland to a vibrant residential and entertainment hub. Pressure grew for the city to clean up Skid Row. And uh, this thing goes on and on and I on. Guess but so. It's a long article. But it looks like they're doing something which is really wonderful for that. Last month, uh, the mayor there opened up temporary bathrooms on Skid Row. He said he would house Dozens of homeless people now camped near a freeway overpass and trailers on a downtown city lot. That's really sad. I mean, it's so sad that people have to live like that. And nobody's doing anything. Scary. Yeah, it's, it's frightening. Really frightening. So, but anyway, you've heard it here first on our show, so please pass it forward. This is a good article. It's a lengthy article. It's from the L.A. Times. And, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, but I'll, I'll just... Can you imagine the crime and the abuse and the oh, geez, just horrible stuff that goes on? Drug addiction, drug addicts, they, oh, 
Here's something really interesting. A Blackwater founder, who is a guy named Prince, who's uh, DeVos's brother. Uh-huh. Okay. De, you know, DeVos was the education The secretary. brilliant education secretary, yeah. Yeah. Blackwater founder uh, held secret Seychelles meeting to establish Trump-Putin back channel. That's right. Hmm. He wants a, you know, it's a private back channel to Russia. Eric Prince met with a Russian close to the Kremlin in a meeting brokered by the United Arab Emirates. And it, it, Trump is such They're a all traitors. They are. They are. Okay. And, I mean, this is just really this freaking thing. Uh, they, they won't let you read this unless you give them a buck. Frig you. That's Washington Post. Fuck Washington Post. May they never, may they go under. Come on, I hate that thing. I really do. And they want to bleed you. They they tease you with an article. They want to bleed you for a buck to, to read it. You know? Public can get a reprint somewhere else. It's fake news. Russia before 2016 
an allegation she has previously denied. But you know, he's okay. This this was written. Let's see, I'm trying to think when this was written. December of last year. So, you know, this, this things change. She's, she's she's no longer with Trump. But interesting though. Interesting. I thought. I thought. California State Senator Leland Yee, who was a gun control champion, mm-hmm. he was headed to prison for weapons trafficking. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, this is such a joke. Okay. Yes, national death spiked one trillion in the last six months. Yeah. Ever since we. It's because all the money has been given to oh, the rich. Oh, yeah, they gave a $1.4 trillion tax cut to the, to the wealthy. So now we gotta we gotta pay that back in uh, in a debt. Okay, it's it's totally absurd now. I, you know, it's, it's just absurd. National debt has risen to over twenty trillion dollars. U.S. debt to GDP uh, ratio is over a hundred percent. As of the latest, uh, yeah. As of the latest reporting by the Treasury Department, the U.S. gross national debt rose by. $41.5 billion on Thursday, uh, February 22nd, to a grand total of $20.8 trillion. That's our debt. Here's the thing. On September 7th, five and a half months ago, just before Congress suspended the debt ceiling, the gross national debt stood at 19. But, you know, they're not telling you why it is. I'll tell you why it is. Because we gave all our God, all that money to all the foreign governments, all the foreign uh, banks. Yeah. Okay, to 2008, uh, you know, uh, debacle there, the, 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 and through that quantum easing, it was giving all, the Federal Reserve was giving all its money, trillions of dollars, $20 trillion actually, mm-hmm. they put us in debt. And we owe it, and we owe it back to these bastards at the, at the Federal Reserve. Who made those decisions on their yeah, own. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean what, a, what a freaking joke. I, if I was president, I would wipe this out in a second. I would close the Federal Reserve, put all of those bastards in jail, you know. Which and is what they did in Iceland. I, and they're happier and then happy than ever. Everybody has money in Iceland. I would, I would, and they I threw would, out all the banks. I would throw these bastards out in five minutes. I'd get in there well, they're, throw they're, them all out. They're treasonous. They're all treasonous, Lana. They really are. It just makes you sick. Well, it's such a uh, scam. It's such a scam. They just make you sick that they that they can get they get away with this, you know. Yeah. No, we're enslaved to them, basically. Yeah, yeah. This this was kind of sick to me. This was really oh, sick. Okay. Yeah, he wants to. He's talking about overpopulation. It's just uh, it, it genocide. I've got something else that's really frightening, and I'm, I'm going to read this. But uh, Bill Gates is, is a genocider. He's a you know he's he believes in genocide. His well, his too. father was a leading new genocide. Yeah. Now, tell me this is not stupid, and then maybe I can maybe I maybe I can get through the night feeling that maybe I'm halfway right things that I see, 
Kentucky has the third highest rate of child marriages in the U.S. Texas is the first. Florida is the second. Wow. Imagine that. Kentucky's child bride bill stalls as groups fight to let 13-year-olds wed. I mean, that's just, God, that's just pedophilia. I mean, what, people in Kentucky are all pedophiles and stuff? Well, what does that say about Texas and Florida? They're worse. Donna Pollard describes getting married at 16 to a 29-year-old man who is her counselor. She is behind Senate Bill 48 to raise the legal age of marriage in Kentucky to 18 years old. Frank, uh, Frankfort, Kentucky. A bill to make 18 the legal age for marriage in Kentucky has stalled in a Senate committee amid <laughs> concerns about the rights of parents to allow children to wed at a younger age, according to several lawmakers. Oh, so they can be paid by these guys? Yeah, right. Known as the Child Bride Bill, Senate Bill 48 was pulled off the agenda just hours before a scheduled vote by the Senate Judiciary Committee for the second time in two weeks. So, disappointedly, my SB 48 outlaws child marriage I won't be called on uh, for a vote, sponsored Julie Randall Adams, uh, Louise, Louisville Republican, said in a tweet. Uh, early time. It's disgusting that lobbying organizations would embrace kids marrying adults. We see evidence of parents who are addicted, abusive, neglectful, pushing their children to predatory arms. Appalling. Selling them, you know, selling them off. Mm-hmm. Ellen Breckenwall, the executive director of the Kentucky Association of Sexual Assault Programs, was more outspoken. This is legalized rape of children, she said. We cannot allow that to continue in Kentucky, and I cannot believe we are even debating this uh, as the year 2018. Isn't it, isn't it? It's amazing that they. I mean, imagine what these people have to go through. The kind of morons in that in that legislature. Right. I mean, the bill supporters have said underage marriages often uh, involve a teenage girl marrying an older man, and may have involved sexual exploitation of the girl. Adams, in an interview, declined to say who was lobbying against the bill, uh, other than to say it involved people concerned about parents' rights. But she said that she hopes the bill can be revised to keep concerns of opponents and still have an impact on underage marriage in Kentucky. <laughs> Donna Pollard, a Louisville woman who said she was married at 16 to an older man who began sexually abusing her when she was 14, has a, uh, advocated for the bill. She told Coriel Journer, Courier, Courier Journal that um, opponents include the Kentucky Family Foundation, a Lexington-based conservative group that lobbies lawmakers on social issues. Family Foundation Executive Director of Standard did not respond to requests. The Family Foundation? Yeah. Oh, God almighty. Courier Journal reported that the bill met with favorable comments from members of the Senate in initial hearings. Lawmakers did not vote that day, but uh, Chairman Wesley's uh, uh, Republican Republican said he thought it's likely the bill could pass in a future meeting. But Pollard testified in support of the bill, along with a representative of Arlington, Virginia, based at uh, whatever his name, Justice Center, a women advocacy organization seeking to end child marriages in the United States. 
Pollard said the man she now calls her perpetrator became violent and abusive after they married in 2000. In a wedding, she said, was encouraged by her mother, who married at 13. I just, I felt just completely and totally trapped. She said, was not wow. forced. I mean, I don't understand this stuff, but, you know. Research shows Kentucky has the third highest rate of child marriages in the nation. I remember uh, uh, Loretta Lynn. Mm-hmm. She got married when she was like 13 or something like that to, to that guy. And she popped out six kids or something and learned to play the guitar uh, and sing. But uh, Texas is first and Florida is second in child marriages. Mm. That's sick. Currently, teens under 18 in Kentucky can marry at age 16 or 17 with parents' permission. Teens under 16 can marry with a judge's permission. In case of pregnancy, though critics say if a girl under 16 is pregnant, it is evidence of a sex crime because she would have been too young to consent to a sexual relationship. The bill would have established 18 as the legal age. Those who are 17 could marry with permission, and if the uh, age difference between the 17-year-old and the other party is fewer than four years. Good Lord, I, I can't even. You know, the stupidity behind this is, is like, this is crazy, you know? Don't you think? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But, I mean, Well, it looks like there's a lot of uh, children get killed in those, rampant in, in those in, states. In Texas and uh, Kentucky and the Florida. Florida. Florida's a piece of crap state, too. Seven state election system were hacked by Russian prior to, yeah. Seven states were hacked by Russia. Which states were they? Um, Wisconsin, Illinois, Florida, Texas, Arizona, California, and Arkansas. Those are the states that were affected by Russian hacking in the election. And how did that affect their elections? I wondered what the topics were that. The FDA just outlawed CBDs, the hemp oil extract, by claiming all plant molecules now belong exclusively to Big Pharma. Can you imagine that? <laughs> plant molecules belong to... <laughs> You've got to be kidding. CBD oil, right. You know, hemp oil. They're, all the molecules belong to Big Pharma. That just doesn't make any sense at all. You know? But that's the way it is. The FDA is a freaking joke. I guess so. They are a rip-off joke. Because CBDs work so well and have been authorized for drug investigations, the FDA is now attempting to regulate them out of existence as a dietary supplement. Right. Per the FDA's own website, FDA has conducted the cannabinoid products that are excluded from the dietary supplement definition under sanction, blah, blah, blah. Under the provision, if a substance such as a cannabinoid 
has been authorized for investigation as a new drug for which substantial clinical investigations have been instituted and for which the existence of such investigations has been made public, then products containing that substance are outside the definition of dietary supplements. Amazing, huh? Mm-hmm. Now the FDA has begun sending warning letters to CBD makers claiming they are in violation of FDA regulations because they are selling adulterated products. Adulterated with that exactly. Uh, CBDs, of course. The debate over hemp CBDs legal status continues after FDA sent eight warning letters to manufacturers of CBD dietary supplement and food products earlier this month, reported Nutritional Outlook. The warning letters cite impermissible self-claims I used to market the product as well as CBD's invalid status as a dietary ingredient due to its presence in two drug applications currently under consideration. The FDA just criminalized one of the most miraculous healing medicines in the world by handing it over to Big Pharma. In other words, the FDA just handed Big Pharma an absolute monopoly over CBD or hemp oil extracts by ridiculously claiming that natural products are adulterated with molecules um, that the FDA might uh, one day become a drug. Okay. Yeah. So the FDA can instantly criminalize any vitamin or plant extract. You know, it's it's just freaking sick. Yeah, they want everything. These bastards, these bastards, these bastards, these freaking bastards. And here's the other big bastards. Meet the billionaires who run Trump's government. All right. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Anybody out there who thinks that Trump is doing a great job for them are freaking stupid, all right? I mean, they're, they're absolutely stupid. So who are the billionaires? They've been coaxed out of their mansions and off their yachts by President Trump to make America great again. Now, this was published in um, and let's see, when was it? Uh, April of last year, and... Uh,
Steve Feinberg, founder of the rather ominously named Cerberus Capital. He is Donald Trump's unofficial intelligence advisor. He's worth over $1 billion, and his famous claim to fame is that he has bought up a lot of the gun companies in the United States and created the gun conglomerate. He owns the company that made the weapons used in a number of American massacres, including There are two real estate developers, Richard LaFrac and Steve Roth. They are worth $1 billion and $6 billion, I think, each. Together, they're probably the biggest landlords in the New York, New Jersey area, and maybe even on the East Coast. We've already seen some indications of how the billionaires are guiding the hand of this president. There has been a frenzy of deregulation. We're getting rid of deregulation, and I think it's going to be some really, really exciting times ahead. One of the first acts of President Trump in the White House was to roll back Obama regulations on the financial industry. Their tax plan will save the very wealthy, I think, 5 or 6% more than the middle class. I don't want to be too cynical about their motives. I can't imagine that if you got them all in a room, they're all sitting there saying, well, let's keep you know, middle-class Americans down and, and you know, let's do nothing about unemployment. But I think ultimately their, their vision of a great America is an America in which they can continue to make a lot of money. The irony of having a president who ran for office as a populist packing his advisory panels with billionaires is um, it's amazing. So that's that, folks. That's uh, pretty much what it's about. The best gift Trump can give his rich friends from Manhattan is to appear to be shaking up the system while leaving their myriad tactics for manipulating and amassing capital affecting, uh, unaffected by federal regulation and higher taxes. Mm -hmm. Less than three months into his presidency, Trump is well into that agenda, quietly deregulating the uh, financial industry, stripping Obama's climate change rules for fossil fuel producers, and pr promising to lower taxes on the very rich. It, this, this is this is so obscene, you know, yeah. so friggin' obscene to me. I, I, I just it just becomes frightening. This, yeah, the this CIA crack cocaine scandal yeah. to come forward. This was very an interesting article, I thought, because it implicates the FBI, the CIA, and mm -hmm. running, uh, running, uh, trafficking cocaine. Well, it was their objective to uh, neutralize the get black ghetto. And Hispanic and everything yeah. else. Now, Los Angeles, with the public in the U.S., the Latin America becoming increasingly skeptical of the war on drugs. Key figure in a scandal that once rocked the Central Intelligence Agency is coming forward to tell their stories in new documentary in a series of interviews with Huffington Post. More than 18 years have passed since Post Prize winning journalist Jerry Webb stunned the world with his Dark Alliance newspaper series um, investigating the connections between the CIA, a crack cocaine explosion, and the predominantly African American neighborhoods of South Los Angeles. Uh, and the Nicaraguan Contra fighters 
scandalously, uh, scandalous implications that outraged LA's black community, severely damaged the intelligence agency reputation, and lost a number of federal investigations. It did not end well for Webb, however. Major media led by the New York Times, Washington Post, Los Angeles Times worked to discredit his story. And under intense pressure, Webb's top editor abandoned him. Webb was drummed out of journalism. One L.A. reporter recently apologized for his leading role in the assault against Webb, but it was too late. Webb died in 2004 from an apparent suicide. Oh, jeez. Mm. Obituaries referred to his investigation as discredited. Now, Webb's bombshell is being explored anew in a documentary, Freeway, Crack in the System, directed by Mark Levin, which tells the story of Freeway Rick Ross, who created a crack empire in L.A. during the 1980s and is a key figure in Webb's Dark Alliance narrative. The documentary is being released after major motion picture, Kill the Messenger, which features Jeremy Runner in the role of Webb and his hit theaters on Friday. Webb's investigation was published in the summer of 1996 in the San Jose Mercury News. And in it, he reported that the drug ring that sold millions of dollars worth of cocaine in Los Angeles, was following its profits to the CIA's army in Nicaragua, known as the Contras. Web original, Web's original anonymous source for this series was Coro Baca, a confidant of Nicaraguan dealer Rafael Cornejo, Cornejo uh, Baca Ross, and members of the Freeway Boys crew. Cocaine importer and distributor Daniel Blandon and L.A. Sheriff's Deputy Roger Robert Juarez all were interviewed for Levin's film. In the dual release of the feature film and the documentary, along with the willingness of long resident sources to come forward, suggests that Webb may have the large last word after all. So the CIA has been running around this stuff. And what does it do now with the other drugs, do you wonder?
content users are viewing. Today, we make history. Washington will be the first state in the nation to preserve the open Internet, uh, Governor Jay Inslee said. And we've been the, we've seen the power of an open Internet. It allows a student in Washington to connect with researchers all around the world or a small business to compete with a global marketplace. And the law was approved by the state legislature later, later last month and will take effect on June 6th. Yeah, I think that's awesome. That's good for them. Yeah, the Connecticut should have some friggin' balls and do something too like that. Uh, that's a okay. um, Do you have any videos on anything?
at it with a smile, but I think doing that is, is my job for many years. Venting his frustration on the U.S. political system, Putin said, it has demonized its inefficiency and has been eating itself up. Sure. He goes on for more, but but he and Trump are best buddies. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, even though even though they get sanctions on them and you know everything. You know, just, he doesn't enforce them. No. Oh, this is the one that was funny. I told you about this Who's guy, that guy, Roger Stump. Oh yeah. Well, Trump, he changed. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's gotten older. You know, but Trump's advisor, Roger Stone, warned any politician who votes to impeach him would endanger their own life. Imagine that. Imagine that. Uh, what a blasted ass this guy is. So is he threatening them? Yeah. He's threatening every lawmaker and saying that, that uh, they're going to be, they'll get him if they go after Trump. This guy, this guy is so one of Donald Trump's closest advisors has warned a bloody. He's, he's not. You know, he was he was he was kicked out of the Trump campaign. You know, because mm-hmm. he was a he was a schmuck, and uh, along with Nunberg there, Nunberg. None of Trump's uh, closest advisors has warned a bloody. One of his warned a bloody civil war, and you know, this guy's big buddies with um, with uh, uh, Alex Jones. He's on his show almost all the time. And they're talking civil war, civil war, all that, you know, all that crap. Yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to build up their, their, those people to, you know, to go after them. Yeah. Uh, and that's why you Google has taken his Google's taken on taking Alex Jones down. You know, they took all of his ads out. They took everything there. They've got him on, but they're but he's on probation right now. They'll probably yeah. rather take him off. Yeah, because he's he's. I mean, he's, he's, he's terrorist. He's a freaking terrorist, you know, now. Talk of impeachment has endured throughout uh, Trump's presidency amid allegations of collusion between Russia and the billionaire Republican election campaign. Uh, support for the, his removal from office uh, well, has you can risen 40%. Wants, see what he says. No, I know, but uh, I just want to lead up to this. But Mr. Stone, a longtime Trump confident and formal official of Richard Nixon's administration, suggested impeaching uh, impeachment proceedings would lead to an armed uprising among the president's supporters. Hmm. Try to impeach him. Just try it. You'll give a spasm of violence in this country and insurrection like you've never seen. All right? The people will not stand for impeachment. A politician that votes for it would be endangering his own life. I'd stand against this son of a bitch with a gun, I'll tell you that right now. Listen to this guy. They should lock this bastard up. Kind of a pervert. People are even calling for like impeachment already and that sort of stuff. Do you think there's any any chance that he might be impeached? The people who are calling for impeachment are the people who did vote for him. They need to get over it. They lost. The candidate had every advantage. He spent two billion dollars. He spent $275 million. Sorry, you whipped your ass. It's over. You lost. Try to impeach him. Just try it. You will have a spasm of violence in this country, an insurrection like you've never seen. Do you think? No question. Do you think if he got impeached, like the, the, the country Both would go sides are heavily armed, my friend. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is not 1974. They, the, the people will not stand for impeachment. A politician who votes for it would 
would be endangering their own lives. If impeachment means you're fired, you're not going to That's it. Get the hell out. You're you're predicting that if he got impeached, there'd be some sort of civil war type. Yes, I do. That's what I think will happen. Yeah, I don't think so. Work the MC if you like our vibe. It was from DMC, but nevertheless, I I uh, I just can't. I don't see it. Uh, I don't see it at all. And if it is, fine. I'll I'll, I'll face any of those bastards. I will be happily face any of those bastards. You know, you can't do that. Why not, Lila? Why not? You want you want pricks like that to take over the country? They already have. Huh? You want you want some bald headed, skin headed motherfucker out here and you know you know, with a waving a gun at you and saying, uh, you know, Oh no, I don't no, I don't think so. That's not gonna happen, Lila. That's just not gonna happen. I didn't say it was. You'd be the first one to go out and tear his eyes out. What are you kidding? Who the hell are you kidding? You're chasing bears out of here. You know? You're not gonna be afraid of some some uh, pig headed moron. It doesn't happen that way, Leo. Yes it does. We'll see. Yes it does. It does happen like that, Lila. They come after you. Come after they you. They already have come after us. They've, they come taken, after they've us. taken all of our money. Yeah. But you know And when you have no money you have no clout. But it's not yeah. just that, Lila. They come and get your ass. They come and get I know your what ass. it is. They Leo. assault your body. They assault you. You know. Yeah, yeah that's what Don't they Don't lecture me, Leo. Yeah, well, you know, wake up to the to the real world. Smell the coffee because that's what's gonna happen. These people are gonna kill you. These kind of people will do it. They're crazies. The same kind of that go after schools and blow up uh, twenty kids and shit. You know, crazy bastards. Trump, Trump fanatics. That's the kind. of uh, Putin lovers. You know, I mean, people like that. Roger Stone is crazier than hell. Well, he's a crook. Well, here, here's a, here's an ideal thing right here. Evangelis, evangelicals are optimistic that Trump will bring about the apocalypse. This one, okay. intellectualist, yeah. That's why these crazy mother jobbers are, are, are out of their freaking minds. I'm sorry, folks, but you're out of your goddamn minds. Evangelicals are hoping that President Trump brings about the apocalypse. Evangelicals. This? this is a, a this is a, called the intellectualist. Never heard of it. Well, it's a place. You never heard of a lot of things, but this is this is some guy. In some place. Some individual guy writing something. Yeah, but he's basing it on what the evangelical said. And via a Newsweek article on top of that, he's quoted. Right? Evangelicals are hoping that President Trump brings about the apocalypse. According to Newsweek, many see God using Trump to destroy the world and bring about a time where Jesus rules the world. From this reason, many evangelicals are willing to turn a blind eye to the revolt Revolting, thuggish, and piggish ways, right, uh, of uh, of uh, Trump. And it says many evangelical Christians, many evangelical Christians believe that Trump was chosen by God to usher in a new era, uh, a part of history called the end times. Beliefs about this time and period differ. But it is broadly considered the end of the world, the time when Jesus returns to earth and judges all people. Well, evangelicals believe Trump chose God to be president. Trump chose God to be president through the electoral conference. 
I believe Trump chose God. Was chosen I think it was both, yeah. No, it no, it says believe that Trump Trump chose God. No, was chosen by God. You're not reading it correctly. Evangelicals believe Trump chose God. Oh, well, in the top they say. Yeah, it it was wrong. Okay. Mm -hmm. For this evangelical supporters, there's a sense that Trump's unlikely election to the president proves that he has been chosen by God. Young told Newsweek. He shouldn't. He shouldn't have won the election. So he. So the thinking goes. So the fact that he did, and the factory came, uh, and the victory came only via the electoral college, no less, just demonstrates that only God could make it happen. God in a rigged election. Uh, evangelicals really, really want Jews to become Christians. <laughs> okay, good luck with that. <laughs> crazy, stupid, freaking people. Evangelicals view themselves as sympathetic to Israel, but the underlying belief is motivated by a desire to see the Jewish people turn to Jesus. And Blake uh, Chaston, a former evangelical who hosts a podcast on evangelicalism, told Newsweek. And uh, this is just it is. You know? It's crazy. It's just crazy. But that, that's exactly what's going on. These people think that he's, uh, you know, and this crazy woman, the one, the NRA woman. Mm. Oh God! Why? You want to hear something really vicious, stupid? There she is. This is uh, uh, what's her name, Loche, the uh, the NRA talk person there. That's the spokesperson. Yeah, I call her a vampire. We've had enough of the lies, the sanctimony, the arrogance, vampire. the hatred, the pettiness, the fake news. We are done with your agenda to undermine voters' will and individual liberty in America. So to every line member of the media, to every Hollywood phony, to the role model athletes who use their free speech to alter and undermine what our flag represents, to the politicians who would rather watch America burn than lose one ounce of their own personal power, to the late night hosts who think their opinions are the only opinions that matter, to the Joanne Reeds, the Morning Joes, the Mikas, to those who stain honest reporting with partisanship, to those who bring bias and propaganda to CNN, the Washington Post, and the New York Times, your time is running out. The clock starts now. She gets her own show. NRA TV. NRA TV. Oh, freaking joke. I wish they'd blow them all up. Well, anyway, it's about time to end this show. And we want to thank everybody who joined us tonight. And uh, Pence email controversy is everything his critics could have hoped for. Turns out Pence has got so much dirt on him. It's unbelievable. You know? Uh-huh. So much dirt. He's another phony. And he, he didn't he didn't all of his all his emails when he was governor, he didn't have any kind of uh, security on them. Totally unsecured. Yeah, so you know, but he he's a fraud and mm-hmm. he's a big fraud. <sighs> Says US trade deficit in Trump's first year soared to nine year high of a five hundred and sixty six billion dollar trade deficit since Trump took over. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Might as well end on this note. Trump picks a Dow Chemical employer, a lawyer, for a key role at the EPA. Well, 
Trump. President Donald Trump on Friday tapped the chemical industry insider to run the Environmental Protection Agency offices that oversee emergency response to hazardous spills, cleanups, and the nation's most toxic sites. Imagine that. The guy, the guy picks a, a, a Dow Chemical lawyer. Jeez. Well, anyway. Well, good night, folks. Yeah, and we're going back to computer ballot, to paper ballots. Com, uh, computer scientists championing paper ballots. And uh, oh, yeah. oh, I wanted to talk about this, but we don't have time. How the loss of U.S. psychiatric hospitals led to a mental health crisis in the country. You can thank Ted Kennedy for that. Yeah, Ted and a whole bunch of Democrats. Grocery bags and takeout containers aren't enough. It's time to phase out all single-use plastic. So we've got a problem with plastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this, then, uh, median wealth of black Americans will fall to zero. By 2053. There's no report. That was bizarre. And that's about it. And uh, oh, here's another one. Unpaid student loan bills mean you can no longer work. They go after you and your job. And you're not allowed to work if you have a government loan. Well, you won't earn anything. They just take all the money. No, but they're not there. They, but they, they, uh, you're fired. Oh. Yeah. And Ted Cruz is the panic bus, and he said, we could lose both houses of Congress. That's no good. Kidding. And they're so right. The Republicans will lose. Conway, uh, Kellyanne Conway broke the law. Political comments on, you know, she was supporting uh, 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 Roy Jones and all these Roy Moore. Roy Moore, rather. Yeah. And of course, at the end, recent study shows fluoride lowers lover, fluoride lowers our IQs and prevents brain development. We know that. We stopped using fluoride many years ago. We've been happy for it. And heroin kills more people than guns with fifty thousand fatal overdoses. Anyway, that's what we're going to end on. And uh, Oh, one more I want to end on. Big Pharma Companies has license suspended as vaccine sterilizes 500,000 girls. Yeah, a licensed company in, uh, in Africa uh, was, uh, vaccine, was vaccinating, vaccinating, vaccinating. vaccinating kids and sterilizing them. There were 500,000 of them.
monitors your your, your, your gas on your on your iPhone. I mean, that's pretty okay. sick, man. It's uh, really wants to monitor your gas. Also, magnetic geomagnetic storm is to hit the Earth on March 18th. It's gonna so we'll wipe that out. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so that's where we're going from there. Okay, and, folks. Uh, there's so much stuff that came out today. We've come oh, to the end oh, of oh, our yeah. show. Netanyahu, by the way, uh, as close as AIDS, turned the state witness against them. Good. So we're going to have a lot of... Well, he'll probably move here, so maybe it's not... <laughs> probably. Uh, but anyway, I want to thank everybody who joined us tonight. and uh, Have a good week. Have folks. a good week. Good night.